If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will even distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more streaming platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's anchor.fm. The international breakers come again, ladies and gents. Scotland actually qualify for a major tournament. England beat Ireland. We preview this weekend's Women's Super League action. All that and more to come in this week's show. Hello and welcome to the OTC podcast with myself, Regan Walsh, and my co-presenter, Bradley Morris. It's been an awful week, can we say? Yes, not a lot has happened in the world of football this week. I mean, we are on in that international break, so that is always the way when it rolls around, unless it's a major tournament. It's a quick, pretty quiet week in the world of football. Obviously, we'll start with the big talking point, and that is last night's fixtures, which saw Scotland qualify for their first major tournament since 1998, beating who did they beat? Serbia on penalties. I nearly said Slovakia, but it's the, they're already in the tournament. Yeah, so they beat Serbia on penalties 5-4 after Aleksandra Mitrovic of Fulham missed the final penalty. Uh, with a victory, that sees them go into England's group, Group D, alongside Croatia and the Czech Republic, as well as England. Uh, three of the home nation sides have now qualified for, or not have now, have qualified for this tournament. It's finally good to see Scotland in a tournament again. It's always interesting. I mean, the fans are always, I'd say, but the fans are always up for that sort of thing. You know, when you've not been in a major tournament for 22 years, you're going to be very excited about this upcoming. Yes, definitely. Um, it's definitely, I'd say, they've had this core of players is probably one of the best that they've had in a few years. Like in previous years, when they've tried qualify home for tournaments, they've had one or two good individuals. But I think this time it's probably the closest they've looked to a whole collective of good players for them. Mm-hmm rather than uh, just individuals. Um, Specific prize on John McGinn, please. Celebrations. Everyone deserves credit, not just McGinn and McTominay. They all did I well. They did actually play pretty well. Mm, I think uh, they managed to contain uh, Deuce and Tadic really well throughout the game. I thought they dominated a lot of it. Yeah, they did. I mean, like the Serbia obviously had more possession and like more shots and that, but it was the actual. It was pretty much when they took off Lyndon Dykes and John McGinn, and then Serbia just attacked them from there because they looked like they were ready to like, just pack it in and hold on for the win. Yeah, which they failed to do, and yeah, slightly. Like... I, I slightly laughed. Not enough after I was gutted for them a little bit as well. 
Mm. It's one of them where you think that Serbia is a Serbia side is a really good side with Mitrovic, Malinkovic, Savic, uh, Tadic, Maksimovic, uh, Nikola Malinkovic of Fiorentina. Like it's a sounds very like, good. Sounds like you have an itch. Hmm? Sounds like you got an itch. No, I'm happy with Scotland, but it's just I'm more surprised, if anything, that uh, they won on penalties. I was. I, Personally, looking at that um, earlier in the week, I was expecting uh, Serbia to absolutely dominate them heading into the game. Elsewhere in the qualifiers, North Estonia qualified after they beat Georgia 1-0. Hungary qualified after beating Iceland 2-1. And Slovakia qualified after beating Northern Ireland 2-1. And just a thing on Hungary, I don't know if you saw that last goal from... However, you said the bloke's name. <laughs> Dominic Sabolshai. Sorry. So, somebody's bilingual. <laughs> but no, it was a it was a good goal. <laughs> I hear he's a highly rated player. Yes, oh, he's definitely one that will be Is over Lodge? in the Premier League. Uh, Salzburg. Salzburg. Easy, easy to get confused. Easy to get Yes. Uh, I mean, he's only 20 years old and he's already like one of the best 20-year-olds in the game at the minute. Uh, I think it won't be long before he gets a move to uh, a German side, whether it is Leipzig, the sister club, Dortmund-Bayern, or he even comes over to England. He's a very, very good player. And to be fair, I think this is going to be one of the best Hungary squads in a while because... Bumas Orban in central defence has been really solid for Hungary, the one who's been linked with um, Liverpool. They've obviously got uh, Galashi in goal, and then um, Adam Salashai up front of Mainz, who is a very good striker, so it's good to see them there. Um, Is this North Macedonia's first tournament that they've qualified for? Yes, yeah, it is their first major tournament. Yeah, I thought as much so. As I, even when they were known as Macedonia, I don't think they actually qualified for a tournament. Okay, congrats then. Yes, yeah, so congrats to all the teams that have joined it. So now uh, the final groups, we'll just go through quickly. Group A sees Turkey, Italy, Wales and Switzerland. Group B sees Denmark, Finland, Belgium, Russia. C sees the Netherlands, Ukraine, Austria and North Macedonia. D, as we mentioned earlier, is England, Croatia, Scotland, Czech Republic. E is Spain, Sweden, Poland, Slovakia. And Group F, which has been known as the Group of Death, is Hungary, Portugal, France and Germany. Group of Death isn't a strong enough word for that. It's the Group of Massacres. Yeah, you just got to feel sorry for Hungary. Like, you've done all this hard work on qualifying and then you face France. Germany. You literally just said the group and then you instantly forget it. <laughs> Sorry, it's because I was uh, looking at other stuff online. But that is just such a hard group for, uh, for the neutral. <laughs> for the neutral. It should be, provide entertaining watch when it comes around next summer. Uh, but it is a very hard group. Elsewhere in the international scene, England played Republic of Ireland in a friendly. The uh, three lines won 3 0. Very straightforward. Yeah, straightforward win. Wasn't expecting anything different. I don't think anyone else really was. Great, it was shit. 
I didn't actually watch the game, so I can't tell you. Of course, Jack Grealish ran the game, got an assist for Jadon Sancho, so all the Man United fans could see what they could have had. And still could have in the future. I mean, the price tag has gone up another 20 million from what it was now. Which one? Which one? Obviously, (laughs) Grealish. (laughs) If Sancho's in the 100 million bracket, can we put Grealish in the same one to how much he's worth to us? Uh, well, you we're, did we're say about, about we're, we're 80 million before. <laughs> you did say 80 million before. Uh, we're a relegated side and even bent the world to us. Now we're battling for Europe. You've got to, it means a hell of a lot more. Yeah, you could add like 15, 20 million. Uh, also, uh, congrats uh, to Jude Bellingham on making his debut in the last 17 minutes. There's a young 17 year old who got called up earlier in the week due to injuries in the England squad. Uh, oh, wait, wait, what's that breaking? Young talent. Breaking news. Go on. Birmingham City have decided to name the stadium after him. <laughs> <laughs> They're putting a petition to rename the Birmingham to Jude Bellingham. They want the city known as Jude Bellingham. The, the, the Jude Bellingham why? <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't surprise me with them. No, um, no it's obviously joke. He's a good player, but it's it yeah, very but... sudden that he's already in the the main setup? No, I think he deserved to be in the main England setup. I, I think he's a very, very good player. Though you do got to look elsewhere and think. I just think it's nice to see two local Brummies in the England setup. For once. Speaking of England, they had a few injuries earlier in the week. We saw James Ward-Prowse pull out the squad through injury. Um, got to do that two weeks ago. Joe Gomez out for what seems to be the rest of the season with it's it seemed unclear of what they were stating the injury was it's some it sort of leg injury yeah so if, it, if, if it happens off the ball it's not pleasant yeah it seems like he's either making a run or was trying to like uh do some sort of like backtracking because the ball was coming over towards him and then his knees just jolted as he's placed it in the ground which is what I'm expecting that to be if he's uh, missing the majority of the season, which is bad news for Jurgen Klopp because he's already got an injury-depleted squad. I mean, the football gods have gone, look, we've given you the title, but now we have to punish you. Yeah, yeah, you've waited 30 years for this, but now the next 30 years... What about doing you giving them the nice That is what they've done because they've now got uh, Van Dijk out, Joe Gomez out, Pretty much their main sense of back pairing is gone. Um, who else has been injured for Liverpool this season? Alisson missed a few weeks at the start of the season. Trent's now out. Trent, yeah. Trent Alexander-Arnold's out. Um, I think Juan Eldon's missed a bit of time, hasn't he? No, he's not played as much, I don't think. Well, he'll be probably used as a centre-back. Well, yes, Liverpool have been very unlucky with injuries this season. Uh, it does raise the question, though, are these fixtures really necessary i mean yes the qualifiers for the euros were necessary but the england game against republic of ireland is that really a necessity to happen especially in this time where we've had such a congestive fixture list it isn't in in the grand scheme of things there is no point so those games only mean more when the fans are in as well yeah but do the nations league as well that sort of has so it's sort of as meaning towards qualifying the World Cup, but it's just, I don't get it. I've never got it. I've just, 
Yeah, to this day, the Nations League still confuses me. But like um, Jurgen Klopp was saying uh, in his post-match press conference the other day after the Man City game, he's saying like the last international break, he had players travelling the South American lot in uh, South America, and then on the Wednesday night they had a game against Peru, and then by Saturday morning they had to play the Saturday lunchtime game. So like the short amount it's of a... It's a lot when there hasn't been a pre-season, effectively. Yeah, I think that's what's made this one so much worse, and that's why there's so many injuries, is because players haven't had the full amount of rest and a pre-season, and they're doing so many fixtures in such a short span of time. Because obviously, if this pandemic wasn't going on, we wouldn't have had the backlog of fixtures that we had in uh, June and July, and there would have been more of a rest. Yes, there would have been the Euros normally, but I think there wouldn't be as this many injuries as there is to the squads. And I think what Klopp was said, I don't know if you saw it after the game, but the football authorities, he was kind of siding with what Ali Gunnar Solskjaer said, what I mentioned earlier on in the week. Is this just to fill the five subs a rule again? Fill the, yeah, give the five subs a rule and like change the well, kick-off times. Take that rule and confine it to the bin. No, I think just for this season, no until we get back to normal it's next no season. It's just the big six that are calling for it. Yeah, but if, how many injuries? You, Sorry. You've got to say that. But the, we saw this as five subs. Who's getting the advantage of this? Man City with their bench that can go and win the League Cup. Or Villa, who can, who's 11, barely fills the championship side. Yeah, admittedly, that's just because how much the team are willing to spend on reserve Man City players. are bringing on Kevin De Bruyne, Phil Foden and Riyad Mahrez. We're bringing on Henry Lansbury, Marvellous Nakamba and Keenan Davis. Yeah, I know there's a different cla- difference in class in the players, but I think just for this season, to prevent so many injuries happening, it should have stayed. Until we're back to they normal. wouldn't be saying this if they were not having a bad start to their seasons. No, I think that, I think most teams would. It no, surprised me that wouldn't. got rid of it. I think because of the amount of injuries that the teams are recurring. Um, no, elsewhere in the international, just going back to it because Man City mm-hmm. haven't even used three subs this season uh, on average. And last time I checked, Villa only used one in the game against Arsenal. You don't see us complaining. Liverpool, uh, Man City only used one. Exactly. In what are they complaining about? The game about? at the weekend, Bernardo came on for Ferran Torres. They've got nothing to complain about. Use all your subs and then maybe you'll have an argument. You're not even using all three of your subs. I think he's just saying <clears throat> that because uh, obviously they've had a lot, they had a lot of striker injuries before uh, Gabriel Jesus made his comeback and uh, they have, I think City have had probably the most injuries in the league this season. Up to last weekend, but now I'm I think Liverpool, sure Liverpool will hold. Liverpool yeah. have like tied them or may have just gone past them now with their injuries. Uh, elsewhere in the international scene, Liverpool have yeah. more injuries in their defence than the whole Villa team. <laughs> yeah. Uh, elsewhere in the international scene, Argentina could only manage a draw with Paraguay, one-one in their uh, World Cup 2022 qualifying. Because I think uh, all qualifying stuff now yes they've i think their last few international breaks have been proper qualifiers for the world cup uh paraguay did take the lead thanks to an angel romero penalty but shortly before half time nicholas gonzalez 
pulled one back and just before the hour mark, Lionel Messi had a goal disallowed. Uh, but they face Peru next, Argentina in five days' time, and then Paraguay will host Bolivia on Tuesday. Uh, that I don't think anything else has happened on the international front. It's <laughs> been a pretty quiet week, I think, because we've got a lot of fixtures to look forward to this weekend. Well, well, um, have we? <laughs> well, not look forward to, but to come. Well, as um, far as I'm aware, there's only one game that has my intrigue. And that's for obvious, re- for, for obvious reasons, so we'll get to it. Oh, yeah, we'll get on to that anyway. Um, the Premier League announced their October Player of the Month, and it goes to Tottenham star Hyung Min Son for his two assists and four goals throughout the month of October. Uh, in just three games, I think the main highlight for that was his incredible uh, game against Manchester United when Spurs put uh, six past. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's side. Um, I mean, Son and Kane have been in terrific form this season for Tottenham, haven't they? They've been all right. Still finished against Greenish. Yeah. But that, that's the recent, that's the bias coming in. But, but no. Yeah. Well, 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 well. Definitely. It was a fantastic month for Son. Um, I don't think they've announced the manager of the month yet. No, they haven't as of time of recording. Ju- Oh, so give it to Jose just for the Instagram. Yes, definitely. Jose Mourinho's Instagram has definitely been something interesting of entertainment uh, since he's rejoined. Um, there was obviously the drama this week involving the now former England chairman, uh, Greg Clark, who was forced to resign after comments he made about players of colour is what he used to paraphrase the quote what he i can't remember what he actually said but he's since resigned as the chairman of the fa and has i think he has he also now stepped down as the uh i believe he stepped down in whatever his role at fifa was yeah i I don't know what his role was because there was talk of him saying he's gonna stay until february but i think a day later he has fully resigned um obviously in this day and age he has to use the right appropriation because he said colored people and he should say uh i can't think of the right terminology but you are in the right you're in the right person to speak about this yeah it's because like using the words like colored and um half caste are quite outdated and can seem offensive to the certain person so if he said a mixed race person or if he was talking necessarily about a black person but i think even then there would have been some issues come up about it so it's just the wording and the uh, was poor so that's why he is uh lost his job um there has been some speculation of uh Les Ferdinand taking over the role but he has said he's not interested in become the new chairman for the FA and with his role at QPR which I think uh the FA are going to look at hiring a person that are part of the black and mixed ethnicity uh group as they should they... at least be considered at least at the yeah the uh, well, they're going to be guaranteed to look at one of the uh, a person from that group and a woman 
is what they're also going to be looking at as well because otherwise then we just into another backlog of storm of like why aren't they cons uh, not considering women so the best thing for the FA to do there would be to consider obviously all possibilities obviously if the candidate is the best candidate is a white male then so be it but as long as they've cons everyone then that is good for them so uh, look forward to the, the old rich white bloke who goes in charge next well i think uh, you got to put money on it being in another Greg, considering we've had Greg Dyke and now Greg Clark. So if your name's Greg, put in your applications no, to the FA, you might become I, the I next. I do like Greg's. Okay, president. They do some good sausage rolls. <laughs> As we mentioned earlier on in the week, this weekend sees the FA Women's Super League take the attention in English football as the FA have announced that they are or have staggered all fixtures across the weekend so you'll be able Derby. to watch all six games uh, either live on TV or live on the FA player which we have 14th and 15th so Saturday and Sunday with majority of fixtures taking place tomorrow on Saturday with four of the six games uh, so we're starting off uh, with Manchester United taking on Man City at half 12 at Lee Sports Village, uh, live on BT Sport, I believe we said that was. Uh, then we have Aston Villa taking on Birmingham City at half two. At half four, sees Everton play Reading and half six to round off the day, sees Bristol City play, play Tottenham. And then on Sunday's fixtures, we have... West Ham versus Brighton at 12.30 and the weekend is rounded off by Arsenal playing Chelsea women. Very entertaining weekend uh, across derbies. all the games. Three derbies. Three derbies? I missed the third one. Chelsea, Arsenal. Is it a derby? Is it? Is it a technical, the, technically a derby? In terms of women's football, yes. It's just London. It, it, it's a London fixture. It's, it's a London fixture, but they class all the London games as derbies, don't it's, they? It's the equivalent of Villa versus Wolves, shall we just say? Yeah, because they're both in the West Midlands, Villa Wolves. But it's not obviously as big as uh, Tottenham no Yes. So we've got the weekend starting off at Lee Sports Village, Man United taking on Man City. Um, as I know a little bit more, I'm going to just give a tiny bit more in-depth of players to watch. Um, so for so either side, is, for... All I'd... I guess the main point is this, is this is actually quite intriguing given Man U's start and that they yes. now look like they may be on the level of Man City. This season, I'd say we've been better than Man City. But in terms of like oh, of long the range season, goals, um, City are down in fifth. But in terms of like long range goals and trying to challenge for the titles and uh, place in the Champions League, yeah, they are looking very well under Casey Stoney. Uh, a play to watch for either side. For Manchester United, it would be Ella Toon. Uh, English midfielder has been predominant for Man United this season. Uh, played in all six WSL games, uh, getting three assists, and she opened her account last weekend against Arsenal. And for Manchester City, it would be Chloe I'll take, Kelly. Okay, you can take it, pick Man City's one. Yeah, I mean the obvious one most people would say would be Lucy Bronze at right back, but I think you got to look. For, Towards Green the forward would, line. Alex yes, Alex Greenwood's done Ellen, good Ellen since White. coming back. 
uh, yeah, I don't see Ellen White starting though this game. I'm just going for England international the <laughs> Yeah. So for me, it'd either be Chloe Kelly or Georgia Stanway to watch for Manchester City. Uh, the Villa Blues game, big one to look out for again for Aston Villa would be um, Ramona Petzelberger as she scored last week and, and I would say Anita Sante. Anita yes. Sante. Mm-hmm. In defence is definitely one to keep an eye out on. And then for Birmingham City, uh, it'd probably be Claudia Walker or um and I'll go <laughs> Uh, then in the Everton game, That's, it's weird. It's the second City derby this weekend, and I don't feel nervous for it. <laughs> probably the first time it's, ever. It's, it's weird. It's weird. I'll, I'll probably will, but then mm. this doesn't fit. Like it should. I should feel nervous for it. This is just as big. Yes. Uh, I should Everton, treat this game exactly the same way I would them in. Yes, and I think that's what the FA are trying to do with this. It's the best chapter I've to beat a Villa team in years. I don't know which side. I think that's actually going to be a close game. We'll get into predictions and stuff later on. I would say purely based on we know that the word quality is in women's football. It just Mm -hmm. gives us something burning up to just slightly have that bit more. Yes, and they've had a... They've been the long-standing... Yeah, the longer. And they've actually had a good um, few weeks uh, with their manager picking up the manager of the award for October. Carl Award, as we mentioned earlier on. Uh, the other games on Saturday, as we said, see, or one of the other games is Everton versus Reading. Uh, Everton playmakers to look out for would be Sandy McGeever in goal, uh, Hayley Raso in midfield alongside uh, Izzy Christensen, and then I'd say Simone McGill or Claire Esmele up front, as they will be without French striker Valerie Govan, who is injured. Uh, for Reading, I'd say ones to look out for for them would probably be Natasha Harding or Jess, Jess Fishlock in midfield and uh, probably uh, Anger Harrod James as well. And then finally for Bristol City versus Tottenham on Saturday, um, Sophie Begley in goal, who although Bristol City having a poor season, she has in some uh, great performances. Amy Palmer in midfield and Ebony Salmon up front. And then for Tottenham, the obvious one would be Alex Morgan to look out for, see uh, how many minutes she gets this time. And then elsewhere, you'd look at um, Rhea Percival and Alana Kennedy in defence and uh, Rosella Ayan in uh, strike force. And then on Sunday, West Ham Brighton. West Ham obvious choice would be uh, Rachel Daly to look out for and uh, Kenza Daly, both having very good seasons. And uh, also would be uh, Emily van Egmond. And then for Brighton under Hope Powell, I would say Maya Letizia, the young fullback, no relation to Matt Letizia, for those unaware. She's having a very good uh, season. And then uh, Denise O'Sullivan up front. And then the Arsenal-Chelsea game. I mean, for both sides, you could probably pick their whole eleven. But uh, if we're just going to go for a couple, I'd obviously go for Arsenal, Viviana Miedema, 
who is the best striker in yeah you just had sport. the best just had the best in the world right now <laughs> yeah uh, just different level and uh if we go for someone else i'd go for caitlin ford who's had a very excellent start to the season for arsenal and then for the chelsea squad it would obviously be Panilla harder up front and uh g so yun in midfield and then uh sam kerr as well in uh mid up front as well for Chelsea and a bit of Chelsea news as well uh, they announced that Clapton Magdalena Eriksson has agreed a new deal to stay with them until 2023 so that is good news for Emma Hayes's side looking into the games now uh, we go we are now going to go into predictions so the way this the, is going to work the, the is the first start of predictions league here we go the way this is going to work pretty, is if pretty much he was jealous that I called myself the prediction king. <laughs> yes, because you had a good weekend, but I've got to say I also had a had great s- weekend. I also had somewhat of a decent weekend, not as good as yours, but it was still good enough. Um, so the way we're going to do this is if we get the score right, but for the wrong team, we get a point. If we get uh, the t- the right team winning, but obviously not the correct score, you get two points and a perfect score it's three nil manchester united versus man city is going to be the first game we look at brad what are you going to go for i'm expecting close mm-hmm. i'm going to go two one to united i had the exact same score in my mind two one united it's going to be you, a very you can go the same game. you can go it's going to be a very close game again for manchester united after a close game last week against arsenal i think this is going to be another hard fought game for Casey Sony side. So, yeah, 2 1 looks perfect. Uh, second game, obviously, is the Midlands Derby, Aston Villa, Birmingham City. It's a tough one. <laughs> so, do I want to win this? <laughs> do I actually want to win this? Oh, uh, God, no. Uh, I cannot physically put myself in a situation where I say Birmingham will beat Villa. <laughs> <laughs> This is this is ruined me. <laughs> it's like, no, it's ending two one Villa. Oh, yeah, I'll take the L. I'll take the L. I don't care. I'm going two nil to Birmingham City. Oh, you will never see me on this platform praise Birmingham more than. <laughs> uh, Everton Reading next. It's going to be a very close game. Everton have started to slip recently under Willie Kirk's side and Reading guy. Still on the steady path this season under uh, Kelly Chambers. So um, I'm going to go for 2 2 here. 2 2? I go like a 3 1 Everton. Mm. Okay. I know Everton have got gold in it. Yeah, they definitely do. Next season, uh, Tottenham play Bristol City. Uh, the two teams at the bottom of the league side, both looking for their first win of the season and will be hoping to score more than they concede. For me, this is another really tight game. I'm going to go Spurs 1-0. I'm going to go for a goal first in 3-2 Tottenham. Okay. Tottenham. Two uh, teams that have played poorly, I guess in your words. Mm. So I think the goals will fly. Okay. Uh, first fixture on Sunday sees West Ham versus Brighton. Again, 
it's another close back battle. Both sides, the point separates both sides. West Ham are just below Brighton. Oh, I'm going to go with the Brighton 3 2 win. 3 2 win, I see. I'm going for the 1 1 draw. Okay. And then the final game of the weekend sees Arsenal play Chelsea. Oh, again, tough the table clash. This is second. Michael, Michael break is No, I don't think this early. It's make or break. But Arsenal will be hoping to get a better result. It's the best chance you're going to have them beating. I'm going to go with Arsenal to win 2 1. 2 1. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I say 3 1 to Arsenal. Mm, okay, that's interesting. Right, uh, we've gone very close to but one of these teams is going to get smacked. <laughs> yeah, and I'm dreading that it's my lot. <laughs> oh, I'm not too sure. It, it's definitely a weekend to watch because we've got a lot of close fixtures coming up. Uh, a reminder: we said you can watch the games all weekend as they're at stake of time starting tomorrow with Man United versus Man City live on BT Sport coverage begins at 12pm and kickoff at 12.30 you can also watch it on the BT Sport uh, football YouTube page as well uh, the games that aren't on TV you'll be able to watch on the FA player so all you got to do there if you're not signed up already is just put in your email address create a password uh, confirm your email via the link and then that is you set up to watch all the games and obviously if you miss any games you can watch all the highlights from Monday afternoon roughly. Um, anything else in the world of football happening? Not that I'm aware of. God, the international break is just the worst, isn't it? Yes. Um, so they've, they've announced the manager of the month in the Premier League now. Right, I'm going to guess this. I'll go Hassan Hill. Wrong. Rogers then. Wrong. Well, it is Jose then, isn't it? Wrong. How many did they announce? There's usually four nominations out there. Nuno, Espirito oh, Santo. Oh, feck off. No, no, bullshit. That's bullshit. How? Yeah. How have they come to that conclusion? Because they only conceded one goal throughout the five, uh, throughout the months. Scoring five. <laughs> and Smith they... fancy more than Nuno did. Christ <laughs> almighty. Wolves have had a decent month. So, are they top of the league? No. Except, how was Nuno on that? Because they've they only dropped um, two points whole month for drawing ones. They won their other three games, and they've, like I said, they scored five and conceded one. So it's a decent it's month for them. It's October, obviously. And uh, a bit of news on the Ireland player. I've just realised that. Uh, you, you know, we mentioned Alan Brown tested positive earlier. Yeah, yeah, I'm starting then. <laughs> he actually played in the game last night. Did he? Yeah. Sorry, he didn't. <laughs> he did. He played in the game. Oh, fuck, there was a nice jack as well. <laughs> uh, it depends how long he was in close proximity for him for, because they say if you're not with closer for longer well, than he's, he's always certain it's a foul Jack Grealish, but. Uh, Everyone fouls Jack Grealish. Yeah, but he, he might not uh, mean a long time out, or if any time at all out 
Um, other than that, nothing has happened in the world of football. Literally, nothing. Once so, again, so uh, congratulations. Why is anything more than you know? But he wasn't even in the stadium for October. Exactly. So how can he win him if he wasn't in the stadium? Because he's a better manager working from home. True. Though they did win at the weekend, and he was in the stadium against Fulham. Sorry, no, no, I said that. Wow. Mm, I do think it is a little surprise that he won it and not someone like Brendan Rodgers or Ralph Hasselhoetl at Southampton. I guess if we're going off October, it's debatable. Uh, Once again, congratulations are in order to North Macedonia, Scotland, Slovakia and Hungary on qualifying. Uh, We'll be back at the start of next week to review. Mark it in your calendars. June 18th, 2021. Is that England versus Scotland? Yes, it is. I don't know how you haven't got that on your calendar already. Get the fans back in now so this game has actual prestige. Uh, there probably will be fans at the games next season. Get or... the vaccine ready. Get the vaccine. <laughs> yeah, so we'll be back at the start of next week to review any further international games that take over the place and have a look back at the WSL fair fixture list and see how we did in our predictions. Apart from that, enjoy your weekend as much as you can, wherever you are listening from in and around the world. Uh, And it's goodbye from me and goodbye from my co-host, Bradley Morris. Is it too early to say Merry Christmas? Way too early. Exactly. Bring that up. Until Monday or Tuesday, we'll see you then.